1: From several top secret, highly secure locations throughout South Texas, this is the return of the Spurs Insider Podcast with Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and Nick Talbot. This is Mike Finger. We are coming together to talk about the Spurs the morning after a big NBA draft in which the Spurs were rumored to be doing all kinds of things and then wound up making the pick that they were scheduled to make. We'll go around the virtual room here, starting with Jeff. Did that surprise you? What are your takes?
2: Your that hot surprise takes? me. Does that surprise me? Um, I guess in retrospect, probably not, because the odds of it, I mean, in, in any given instance with any team, maybe the odds of a trade happening are uh, are less than a, than a trade not happening. Like you take the field if you're making that bet. So, um, I mean, we know that they they – look to move up they look to move but but you know no deal was in the offing and and where they were at number 11 i mean i don't know how they felt about it but i i felt like there were a lot of good options there at number 11. so i i think it was it was wise to stay put and and make a pick and and take a guy that uh you know you think can help you
1: um maybe immediately but certainly in the years to come um and I mean, you talk about good options there. An argument could be made that the options they had there were just as good as options the teams at four or five, six had in, in a draft where there wasn't any stars that seemed to be the consensus choice for the the top talent in the draft. It seemed like the kind of draft where it made sense not to uh, kind of mortgage too much to move up in a draft when your evaluation I mean the the kid they took at number eleven, Devin Vassell, uh I, I saw rated in some places as the sixth best player in the draft going into it. They could have taken Tyrese Halliburton, who was rated by some places as the fourth best player in the draft. It just seemed like uh it just seemed like a, a kind of a win win situation for them to stay where they were. Uh Tom, your thoughts on, on that.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I really liked it. I thought they got a, a perfect fit for them in uh uh, Devin, you know, he's, you know, a three and D player. That's, that's what they wanted. Um, uh, you know, he fits in, he's, he's a good outside shooter, perimeter defender. I, I thought it was a great fit for them. Uh, you know, and as Brian said over and over character wise, which counts so much to these guys, uh, you know, him and, uh, Trey Jones are off the charts. I, I just, I like what they did. I thought they did a really good job.
1: I was shocked at that general manager uh, for for that other team that said they got a low character guy who who was just like fifth on their board.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the first GM to come out on draft night and say, "Man, that guy we took was a real butthole." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nick, any general
1: thoughts? I
3: don't know. I, I thought they took the player that everyone thought they were going to take. Um, of course, you know, a couple people thought they might take the kid from Villanova or. Um, but with whether, how the draft fell, uh, I think they took the guy they wanted, wanted that three and D player, He kind of, you know, could could end up being a fact-simulated Danny Green. That's always, you know, a good thing, especially for San Antonio fans, um, for what they, what they, what they would want here. Uh, you know, the only, the only surprise in the, in, in where it was been, it's like you said, they could have taken Halliburton after he fell, um, Because I think a lot of people had Halliburton as a higher player, but he wasn't exactly the best fit for them because they already have a glut of point guards. And he's kind of, you know, a point guard. I can play off the ball maybe, but most people see him as a point guard. I think that's the only only other possible they had right there. Um, If you're looking at talent-wise and how people had rated the guys in the draft, um, if they didn't want to reach, I think they took the right guy. And, you know, that's kind of what you would expect from the Spurs. They didn't reach like – some of the other teams, I thought, um, you know, obviously right in front of you, the the Suns probably made the reach of the draft, taking taking the kid from Maryland. Um, so that kind of helped him out a lot, too, because a lot of people thought the Suns should have taken Vassal. Um, so and they, they helped him out by taking Jalen Smith instead. So it kind of just fell the Spurs' way to take, as you said, a guy that some had rated the sixth most talented guy in the draft. So... We're going with Vassal
2: is a uh, facsimile of Danny Green. Why, why don't we just swing for the fences? Let's call him a facsimile of Kawhi Leonard. Can we do that? That 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 would be too much. I'm
3: trying to be oh, nice. Okay. I mean, he's a All three right. and D player. I mean, haven't, I haven't had a lot of
2: sleep, so I'm 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 going nuts over here. Maybe.
3: I th- I think re- realistic. If you look at a, look at his ceiling, I think Danny Green's probably it. I don't think you're. I like like oh, you said. Would, before the draft, we're would. not looking at we're not I
1: looking would, at a player here. I mean A see, the ceiling is not the ceiling is not Danny Green. Come on, man. I mean they the, finger riled up over here. They'd be they'd be pleased with that, but let's not misuse the term ceiling and say that's the best he could be. I think that the uh, the ceiling for that guy um is is oh. I I mean the term ceiling means the, the highest he can possibly climb to. And I think that with his talent and his build and just the stuff that we've seen on his highlight tapes. I think that the ceiling is a little bit higher than that. Um, would that would they be happy with Danny Green? Sure. But I think, uh, I think there's potential for even more than that. But one thing about the, the Halliburton situation, Brian Wright on his zoom last night with us uh, without coming out and saying it directly, when someone was asking about him, about the, Choice between drafting the best player and drafting for need. He said, obviously, you always go after the best player, but he kind of acknowledged that in cases when you have guys um, evaluated in the same range, that there can be a tiebreaker. And I think that probably was the case between Devin and uh, Halliburton there. And that if these guys kind of have similar ceilings, similar floors, similar, all that type of stuff. Um you have to go with the wing, the three and D guy, like Tom said, that's been meant missing from the Spurs last year, the last couple of years. Uh, the, this, this kid just seems to fit the roster a little bit better. And I, th- I think, you know, like, like, like I mentioned earlier, that's, that's probably the tiebreaker in this case.
2: I I bet the Spurs, uh, like a lot of us, were probably surprised Halliburton was even on the board at that point. I think most, right. most every, every thing we saw was him going top ten. So they
1: had they had talked to him before the draft, right, Jeff? Yes, that um, is correct. And probably assuming that he would be an option for them if they traded up, you know, because they yeah. they had, according to lots of people, they were working to trade up, whether it was to the Hawks pick at number six or even as high as the. Uh, the Warriors at number two. I mean, they they went through a lot of permutations and, and uh, Brian Wright kind of acknowledged that last night that they went through all kinds of ideas and were erasing and rewriting over their dry erase board. And I don't think that there's probably some uh, sentiment out there that the Spurs kind of stood pat. I I don't think it was because of an a a lack of effort or trying. I think they explored lots of things and probably will over the next days and weeks. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, but who knows how that all shakes out? I mean, you want to talk about specific players, or what are we doing right now?
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's what's I mean, open ended. I think in general, we're going to talk about the say... second rounder.
2: Are we going to skip over Trey Jones? Like we just, he doesn't matter. <laughs> Who's you running just,
3: this? Daniel
1: Ashcraft? You want uh, uh,
2: to? You Trey you
3: Jones want... was a pretty good pick for the second round, I think.
1: Let's let's go through the history of uh, how many second rounders stick. I mean, sure, Trey Jones, great. He's a he's a point guard, a um, uh, 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 on ball defender. Um, played at Duke, was ACC Player of the Year. Historically, not just with the Spurs, but just in general, not a lot of uh, not a lot of second rounders stick. And if they get anything at all out of him, I think that's a that's a big win. Yeah, I mean, it's like they got 80%. they got
2: each of their past two second rounders on the roster right now.
1: And, uh, and they're not in the
2: playoffs so
3: yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> right and they're uh, not in the playoffs I, I think the uh the spurs tend to do a little bit more than some teams do with their second round picks just because they have a better developmental and the reason i like the trey jones pick is you get an acc player of the year type guy and then you know you can you can stick him in austin for a year uh if they're even going to play uh we'll see what and uh the most excited
1: they've been about an All-ACC performer from Duke since they drafted the legendary, was it Chris Carowell? Chris Carroll, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. They were excited about that pick, too. That was a, that was a big second-rounder that had an All-ACC pedigree. I'm just yeah. saying I think that with, so far in this podcast, we might be underrating the first-round pick a little bit and, and overrating the second-round pick. But I could be wrong. All right, All
2: right move, move on around, then. Take one. You never know.
1: Um, the, the lead up to this draft, uh, we, we saw a lot of, of reports about what the Spurs were trying to do. Um, and generally the Spurs aren't the type of team where stuff like that leaks out, where anyone even anticipates that the Spurs are making moves. There seemed to be a feeling around the league that they were at least trying to shake things up. And my my point on that is that of course they were because their roster, as we mentioned over and over on this podcast last year, was imperfect and flawed, and not everybody fits into a roster that could become a contender someday. So of course you have two veteran guys and Lamarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, who they both like a lot. They've always liked liked a lot. They're good teammates. They're uh, all-star level performers or have been, but of course, going into their last year, you're going to, you're going to test what the market is and see what you can do with them. And I, 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 I think we have to draw a line between uh, these guys are on the trading block and they're trying to get rid of them as opposed to just, just finding out what's out there.
2: Yeah, I feel like we've, we're kind of still spinning our wheels on this topic, on this podcast, like maybe a for the last year right. we've been doing this, where, yeah, of course you have to be open to moving them. Of course you do, especially yeah. at this stage where, and maybe even a little more at this stage where you're not a playoff team, or at least that's, that, you, will be, you will be pleasantly surprised if you're a playoff team this year. Is that fair? Is that fair for me to say? Well, there's 10 spots now. No, that's true. That's true. We, we, we
1: can talk about that. The the NBA just just revamped the playoff format. Where yeah, there's still eight, I guess, official playoff spots, but
2: ten. You just got to get to the top ten to have a shot. Shot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that makes that 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 does throw a little wrinkle in there. But um, I mean, you're not playing for championships anymore here at this no. stage. You you at some point you are just rebuilding for the future, and if you can get any kind of assets that help you in that endeavor, then of course you're open to moving either DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge or both. You also have until the trade deadline to do that, I would
0: also. Yeah, Yeah, as the season progresses, someone's going to want DeMar, I'm sure, you know, as a a last piece kind of fit. So I would expect there to be a lot of uh, conversations about him. And, the and other issue. thing that we
2: saw in the Orlando bubble, though, is that the Spurs can play with DeMar this way. And so I don't think he necessarily um, uh, inhibits your growth and development and building for the future if he's still on the roster for a while. Well, Marcus, well, that, would be an, that would be an interesting thing to see when he comes back because he didn't play in that Orlando bubble. They, they went on without him and looked looked pretty good and looked like a team that was playing you know, in the 21st century. So uh, it will be interesting to see when he comes back if he inhibits anything and if you have to make decisions along those lines.
1: Well, that was kind of what I was getting at uh, in terms of, you know, you said this is all about flipping these guys for the future and rebuilding, but I think it's, it's still kind of a, a a this year issue in terms of what you just said, how they played in the bubble. If if you want to start DeJounte Murray, uh, Lonnie Walker, and Derek White together in the backcourt. That leaves two spots for your center and either DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, And I I realize it sounds silly to kind of say the Spurs have too many players when they didn't even make the playoffs. but They're loaded. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) but I mean, if they want to build upon what they did in the bubble with that small ball lineup. It it doesn't seem like that's possible if both Demar and Lamarcus are still around. Um, and sure, like Pop would find a way to make that work next year if they're both around. I mean, they're they're still.
2: I there's, guess there's no way they're, for they're Lamarcus they're two, to be your small ball center. Two most winners. accomplished players. Like I like I agree. Pirtle is if, assuming they re-sign Pirtle um, is is. Better suited to be that sort of small ball, dirty work center, but there's no way that Lamarcus can can fit in that group.
1: I think it's it's the 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 vibe of that group just totally changes with him out there. I'm not saying better or worse, but that they don't play the same way with Lamarcus as that that small ball guy as as with Pirtle. Uh, and that's now might, now might be a good, good time for you to kind of run down. Uh, the housekeeping stuff of, of what exactly when, – when free agency starts on Friday, two days after the draft, what are the um, roster-type issues that face the Spurs immediately?
2: I mean, I think the big one we just mentioned is going to be Jakob Pertl and restricted free agency. I mean, I think that's – of all the guys that um, are going to be free agents, I think he's the guy that will be the highest priority to retain. For sure. And, um, you know, he's restricted. So the Spurs will have the right to match any outside offers, yada, yada. So a lot will depend on the market um, set for him. I'm kind of curious, and I'd have to, I'd have to, I, I'm, this is just off the top of my head. I would have to go back and really think how, what I really believe on this. But I wonder if looking back, if the Spurs don't wish they had extended Jakob Perto last summer when they could have. Yep. Or yeah. last fall when they could have.
1: Yep. That was an option at the time. Some were, some were kind of surprised they didn't, but I mean, they, I guess it was understanding you wanted to see for sure. And, yeah, but and at that's, the that's same, a same time, with I think, of at, at, at,
2: literally the, at literally the exact same time, they extended DeJounte Murray right. and played in a year and a half, whatever. Right. So, right. you know. And I have to look at the books to really think about uh, if that makes sense or not. But anyway, it, it, and it
1: might still all work out. I mean, I, here's, I, my, here's I would, my
2: question. How much do you think they're going to pay Marco Bellinelli to bring him back?
1: Well, I mean, that's just for podcast. Is I it, think is you it Max or
2: Super Max for Marco <laughs> Bellinelli?
1: I, I, I think along with Tom's Salmon Cup and your Polar Pop, I mean, those are the three stars <laughs> of this podcast. Marco Bellinelli. The salmon cup in the pole. Tom, you do have the salmon cup working today I, in your secure location.
0: I do. I do. It's a, it's become a cherished uh, part of my life. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Boring life so far. It, it brings a lot of joy to me each morning. Oh my gosh. Uh, do we need to like, uh, come check on you? Are you okay? Yeah, that's, debatable Doing all right. that's debatable. That's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The uh, what what are you looking? Um what 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 are you looking to follow over the next week or so, Tom? What what do you think faces this team? Where what is is this a crossroads type of situation for them or is it kind of do you think it's gonna end up being status you know, quo?
2: I,
0: I just wonder if we're we're all maybe shouldn't say all, but overrating what took place in the bubble. Um Yeah. You yeah. know, without the travel, uh, without travel, without the home court, without you know playing on the road, without, uh, without um, you know, guys. Uh, yeah, it was a new lineup. It, it threw everyone for a curve. I, I just wonder if we're overrating it and you know thinking this this young core is is all that. I'm I'm not downplaying them, but I just just wonder You're kind of downplaying what, them. Well, I, I guess so. It's a I guess I am. It's I a fair I point know. in that it was also nine games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Small sample size. And, you know, talking like, so I, I, eager to, some people are so eager to move to Mar and, and Aldridge and maybe they should to get, to get what they can from them. But what, what are you going to be left with again?
1: That's
2: like, that's perfectly I, know, fair.
0: I know basketball that, has become you know, weirdly a short team, man's game.
2: But I don't know how. Like, can you Which go a whole season game. with Jakob Purtle as your big man, and his backup is Drew Eubanks? You know, you got, him, and, you and got and Trey Lyles. Yeah. You got. Trey- oh well, yeah. Well, Trey wasn't there in the bubble, but yeah, right. he would. I'm assuming we'll be back. They'll pick up his I found
1: it interesting that when the – and this is also Much Ado About Nothing, but, I mean, it's the offseason, so everything is going to be Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, I, the, the the Fiesta Colors are why back. Why was not
2: this whole podcast about the Fiesta co- Colors? We have to start
1: <laughs> over. The Fiesta Colors are <laughs> back. And in the uh, – uh, Promo shots. One of the young players who was, I guess, just available to 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 pose in the in the in the uh, Fiesta colors was Trey Lyles, and uh, you know they, cl- they clearly think something of him, and people forget about him. But he's he's younger than people think, and I think that they. Uh, They kind of see him as a guy who's going to be around a while.
2: Or at least, I mean, at least you can pick up his option for, I can't, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's a very cheap option. Right. You pick that up and you keep him for another year at least. So yeah. Two
1: Tom's very valid point about the bubble. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Yes, absolutely. Everything that happened in the bubble, not just about the Spurs, but about a lot of teams, Devin Booker, you know, uh, go on down the line. Probably, yeah, I'm pretty sure the
2: Suns are going to lose a game,
1: right? That's something. Probably it probably got overrated to it to an extent. But when you say Tom asked a question and I think a legitimate one, are we sure that this next core is better than um, a, a team built around LaMarcus and Damar? No, we're not sure about that. But I think the respo- the, the the response to that would be. Um, We know uh, with with a pretty high degree of certainty what a DeMar LaMarcus core is capable of. And that's not much beyond the eighth seed in the Western Conference. And they're not going to get – those two guys are not on the upswing of their careers. So I think it's perfectly reasonable for Tom to question – whether the, the, the bubble is an accurate representation of how the Spurs can play over an entire year. But I think it's also reasonable to say, hey, w- if we're the Spurs, we're better off chasing that and, and investigating that and going forward into that new nucleus as opposed to trying to cling to, the, to both Aldridge and DeRozan, if that sounds
0: mm-hmm. fair. It does. That sounds fair. Okay, <laughs> it does. No, it's just it's uh, what a else? Philosophical uh, uh, question, course. I guess. Not going to uh, be back, you
1: think? The uh, what, the what the reason? tagline for this podcast should be to 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 attract listeners and and sponsors. Which, by the way, we're still open to sponsors. Uh,
2: oh, you should tell people where they could. You should tell the people listening to this podcast where they can find this podcast.
1: Well, this podcast, which has the tagline, that's fair. Um, we 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 have very fair takes here. Nothing too controversial. Just things that yeah, it kind of makes Absolutely. sense. Actually, I think
2: that was our re- that was our like uh, the comments,
1: our review. Like that's, the whole thing
2: is just fair. Not great. It's not a great podcast. It's not terrible. It's just fair.
1: that's it's fair. So so the to get more from that's fair and Spurs Insider, you can su- subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. It's a great newsletter. You get everything from Tom and Jeff and Nick and myself. And, uh, and it's on expressnews.com and it's just, a, it's just a great great deal that's very fair. Where were you uh, w- when I interrupted, where were you headed there, Jeff? Uh,
2: we were talking about uh, free agency and stuff. Do are we, are we, we think Brent Forbes is, uh, is not back? Or back?
1: I, I don't see really anyway, any spot for him. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna... I think, mean, again... A, a developmental triumph for this team from where he came from. Um, but and, what's the point? But what's they over the years? I mean, other developmental triumphs include Jonathan Simmons, uh, Gary Neal, Gary Neal. Um, you know, on down the line, and and the Spurs have kind of historically known when to move on from those guys. All likable guys helped a great deal, but I mean, it, at this point, there's just not. Uh, I I I don't see how he fits into what they're doing. And and the same for um you mentioned Marco Bellinelli earlier. He's probably gone, Brent Forbes is probably gone. And those spots kind of are naturally filled by the two guys that they drafted last night, right? If 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 Trey Jones stays around, he he's probably that um he probably gets any minutes that Brent Forbes would have gotten. Um if he would have gotten any at all. So, yeah, I think those are. They
0: those have are a remarkably
2: easy. full roster already. If they want it, you yeah. know, going in, even before they signed any outside free agents, they're they they could start the season like this if they wanted. I I I wonder about guys like Chemezi Metu and Quindari, Quindari Weatherspoon. Like, are those guys part of? Like, if you need a spot, it seems like those are the guys that are going to go.
1: Right. Yeah, um, and, and it's what we talked about last year. You know, if you need a spot to sign Anthony
2: Davis or something like that.
1: Right. What we Heading into last year, we talked about how depth is kind of a strength of this team, and it continues to be. You know, if, if somebody goes down, there's other guys that can step into those spots. Pretty much up and down the roster, it's just kind of the state of the NBA, the way the NBA has always been that, sure, depth is great. Quality depth is great. but but the teams, are better. The teams that win are the ones with stars, so um i i I don't think that changes heading into this year one one thing that Brian Wright mentioned another thing that Brian Wright mentioned last night when when asked about the philosophy for putting a team together um, he talked about just adding good players on top of good players, and yeah you know they over the past few drafts, it seems like there haven't been many misses. I mean, Keldon Johnson, I think, is going to wind up being a great pick. Lonnie Walker, I think, is going to wind up being a great pick. All the way back through Derek White, DeJounte Murray. It's just um, a team with lots of those guys, I think, has a bit of a ceiling to bring back that term. And you need to find one that turns into Kawhi Leonard.
2: Yeah, and, all of those guys were great picks for where they were drafted in the late teens or the 20s. Now you need a guy that's a great pick for a lottery pick.
1: Right, right. And maybe they found him. Maybe they did. So, Tom, any, any, any final thoughts on, on last night or what lies ahead?
0: Yeah, just to, just to repeat what I said earlier, I think they had a great job last night um, You know, with, with the decisions that they made. And uh, I'd, I'd give them an A in this, this draft. I, I thought it was a good job.
1: Good grader. Nick Talbot.
3: Yeah, I agree with Tom there. I think they did a good job for what for how the draft kind of played into their hands there. on um, the guys they wanted to get. Um I think the one thing we haven't really talked about is where the other teams kind of kind of fitted around them and you know, if you're talking about Spurs in the playoffs, which is always the which is always the argument, um, that they significantly get better than the other teams that are around them, like Minnesota, uh Phoenix and the like. Um, I, I mean, I think they. I think the Spurs got better, but I think everyone else, kind of in that eight ten mix, also got better. I didn't like the Suns' pick at all, but obviously, uh, obviously the Suns have gotten better over the last few days with Chris Paul. Um, so that's a that's a big thing to look at. We haven't mentioned Clay Thompson once on this podcast, which really could impact the NBA going forward and what teams do and where they feel, where everyone kind of feels like in the pecking order. Um so that that's 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 kind of my last thought is there is I don't I don't think it really changed the draft really changed any anything with their where they are at in the NBA as far as like making the playoffs. But I think they did a really good job and with the guys they picked. I that's didn't me. hear a
2: word of Tom's final thoughts, but I think it's all bunk. <laughs>
1: Uh, the 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 point of, about draft evaluations, draft podcast. Nick says that nothing changed last night, but I can guarantee you something absolutely did change last night. We just we just don't know what it is yet. Whoever in that group got the best guy is it made itself a lot better, and and it might not be the guy that um, the draft analysts, the the people who've been evaluating these prospects for months and years, think it was. But something changed last night. And we will just have to see whether it is for the better for the team that took the, uh, the three and D guy from Florida State or whether it was somebody else. We'll just have to see. Um, we will have time to get into all of that over uh, the course of the season coming up. We have free agency where we could see some trade action, more trade action than the Spurs have seen in years. Maybe it'll be boring. Maybe it won't. We'll see. The whole thing is is, is just that, that we're being fair here. And that's, that's, that's the point. And uh, we will continue to be fair, have fair takes, be fair to middling, all that type of stuff. As the Spurs Insider Podcast returns in the weeks to come. Until then, everybody take care of each other and keep it real.